0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. We have actually been doing a series on spiritual authority, and there's so much to it. And actually, the last two weeks ago, we had a special speaker last week, but two weeks ago, I began teaching on something called the law of confession. And how important it is in your life It was through the law of confession That you actually became born again A child of God And the law of confession is found in the Bible We're going to look at that this morning Hallelujah What does the law of confession have to do with spiritual authority? It has everything to do with it Listen Until your confession lines up with God's word Your spiritual authority of enforcing His will in your life Will be ineffective and unproductive Very important that you understand this. We're going to look at two examples of the law of confession in the Bible, uh, in operation, and more importantly, their outcome. The law of confession is what God used in creation. In the book of John, the first chapter, I I, I want to read so many scriptures today, but I have to live with myself. But there's a scripture I want you to write down. It's Colossians 1, um, Colossians 1, verse, um, oh, I think it's um, verse 11 through 16. And out, of the ampli- uh, no, out of the New Living Translation I want you to read it It's really powerful in regard to creation And what God did But in John 1 Here's what it says In the beginning And John is literally referencing Genesis 1-1 In the beginning The Word already existed <clears throat> The Word was with God And the Word was God He existed in the beginning with God God created everything through Him That's the Word The Word is Jesus Okay The Christ The Anointed One And nothing was created except through Him. Now, I love this part. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. When you got born again, it was the creative force of God's Word... that brought you life hallelujah when you read the word of God and you receive enlightenment or you receive a revelation or you receive understanding of what is being said there that is light being shed into your heart hallelujah and into your soul so that you're able to rejoice in what God has promised you in his word can I have an amen there's nothing more special and i I say this after 45 years of serving God there's nothing more special there's nothing more Gracious from God is when you open up the Bible and you can see the truth that's being preached. There's nothing like it. I just rejoice every time I get a revelation from God. It is so, it's life-changing. Hallelujah. In Genesis 1:3, it tells us how the creative will of God uh, was, uh, came into existence. God said, let there be light, and light appeared. Even, I said this two weeks ago, even in the midst of chaos and darkness, God's word prevailed. Hallelujah. I said God's word prevailed. The spoken word of God is what brought creation into existence. So the law of confession actually uh, must have to do with words, and it does. As far as God's promises, of course, believing in our part is required. That is called faith. However, unless your confession lines up with your faith, both will cancel each other out. This is the law that will work against you as much as it will work for you. It will either restrict or release God's authority in your life, which we're going to look at in a moment from the word of God. Now, where is it found, the law of confession? Well, actually, it's found throughout the Bible because every time a prophet opened his mouth and spoke by the Spirit of God, he was releasing the law of confession. That was the law of confession in operation. God couldn't do anything until he spoke it out. Everything he willed, he spoke it out so that it would come into existence through the law of confession. Turn up to Isaiah 55 in the verse 10. This is the Amplified. It says this. Verse 10 says, For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens... And return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout. Why? So that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Then he says this, so shall my word be. That what he's saying there, its purpose is the same. God's word, he gave us his word so that it, it would be seed for us to sow. And the rewards would be harvest of whatever we sowed. That is what God meant here from his word. Hallelujah. God's word provides seed or is seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void without perseducing any effect or useless but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So I want you to notice here where the law of confession is released. The Bible says it's out of our mouth. In fact in fact, both in Deuteronomy 30 and in Romans 10, we find out that the law of confession is really found in two places, in the heart and in the mouth. That's why God told Joshua to meditate in the word day and night because once he was squeezed, once the pressures of life come, either faith would come out of his life or fear, and God wanted faith to come out of Joshua's life, especially when he's facing Jericho. Can I have an amen to that? And so this is so important that you understand this. We really, um, our confession up to this point in our lives has determined the quality of life that we've lived. And, and if, if, and if, um, if and listen, it's just in the DNA of, of the Adamic nature that we are negative instead of positive. That's why news is so popular. We're drawn to the negative over the positive in the DNA aspect, or in the Adamic aspect of life. But the new man on the inside of you is drawn to God's Word and wants the life of God's Word put in so the life of God can come out. Can I have an amen? So that love can come out and compassion and mercy and kindness can come out. Hallelujah. Mm. Well, I've said this two weeks. I'll just share it again. I just thought of it. I said it two weeks ago. And I was on my knees pulling weeds a couple of weeks ago uh, in the backyard. I was just pulling some vines that were growing weeds. And God spoke to me. And he said to me, he says, you cannot... bless what i have cursed but you can curse what i have blessed write that down in your bible it's important because pastor vicky shared this years ago and it really it was it, it never i never forgot it. she said when you study the bible it's layers of until jesus comes it's layered with truth layers of truth you just keep digging you find more truth you you read a scripture a hundred times, if you just read it with, with expectation, God will show you something true every time. That's how beautiful the word of God is. Can I have an amen? It's alive. Hallelujah. But write that down. God said to me, you cannot bless what I have cursed, but you can curse what I have blessed. See, many of us are what. Walk- uh, many of us if we're not careful and we don't know the word of God we walk we live our lives outside the boundaries of God speak uh, God's word speaking things contrary to his word expecting a blessing but instead of the blessing we get the curse because you cannot bless what God has cursed Deuteronomy 30 here's what God told Israel for this commandment which I command you this day it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it, neither is my word beyond the sea, that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over to the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. Where? How, how close is it? It's in your mouth and in your heart that thou mayest do it. Hallelujah, so just as faith and confession were the means to salvation for your life It's also the means for every other provision in your life If Israel would have just lined up with God's word They would have never lived for 40 years in the wilderness They would have avoided all the pain of inheriting the curse instead of the blessing God wanted his best for them But we'll see from the scriptures that they were not able to attain to it Because of the choices they made God said, my words, which goes forth out of my mouth. So, listen, the law of confession, it's in operation here, but not only that, so is the law. When you, through the law of confession, there's two other laws that work with it. It's called the law of Genesis. Everything produces after its own kind and the law of sowing and reaping. So if you live your life very negative, as much as you want the positive things of God, you won't reap them because you're only reaping what you're seeding. You're only harvesting what you've been declaring. These things are so important. It's what the gospel is all about. Hallelujah. Exercising the law of confession within the boundaries of God's word was designed by God to give you life and life more abundantly. That promise is found in John 10.10. God wanted you to have His kind of life, the abundant life, the blessed life. How many have ever lived under some measure of the curse in your life? Raise your hand. The curse. Amen. It's not good. And you know, just instinctively, you know, unless you were taught wrong, You know, instinctively, it's not right. It's not right. Now, you may think you deserve it, but it still isn't right. It's not what God designed for you. God designed for you to have abundant life. Say, thank you, Lord. Say, thank you, Lord. You designed from the beginning that I have life and have it more abundantly. I receive by faith your life and your life more abundantly. Now give Him praise for it. See? I know you're sitting, you know. Amen. See, I, sometimes, you know, I just wish people would would literally would literally be expressive like am. I have come that I might you have come that I might have life. And that I mean, it's like nobody's home. We gotta say things like we mean it, like we believe it. Amen. Come on, everybody. It's true. That's what God wants from you. Listen. So exercising the law of confession within the boundaries of God's word. Uh, God will bring you life abundantly. However, listen, violating that law will create a cursed environment in your life, even as a child of God, that will not only stop you from reaping God's best, but will have a huge negative uh, impact or effect on your offspring and anyone else that is in your sphere of influence. It will. You create your environment. You create it through how obedient or disobedient you are to the Word of God. Solomon, as he was inspired by the Spirit in Proverbs 18. We read this last week, but uh, I want to repeat it. He says in 18, verse 20, A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth, and with the consequences of his words, he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. You're going to get what you've been confessing. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it Death or life shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. He's saying, You have the awesome blessing as a Christian to reap the life of God, not the curse. The blessing, not the curse. How many want the blessing of God in your life? Amen. It comes through agreeing with God. Now turn to Numbers, the 13th chapter. And we're going to look at these two examples uh, of the law of confession and operation. Numbers, way back in the Old Testament, Numbers, the 13th chapter. And we've read this story before. It, it is—it's inspiring. I love it. In Numbers, the 13th chapter. I'll get there in my Bible. Say hallelujah. Um. Okay. Uh, for some of you may not know stor- this story. This story is specifically addressing God bringing the children of Israel, the seed of Abraham, the nation to which Jesus Christ, our Savior, would come through, they were in, lived 430 years of their lives under the curse, under the bondage to Egypt, type of the world, and under the bondage of Pharaoh, the type of Satan. It was never the will of God that they'd be there, but they were there because they would not walk with God. They choose to be independent from God. Okay, So finally, God sends a, 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 a Savior to them, Uh, In the guise of Moses. And Moses, a type of Christ, led them out of Egypt with supernatural signs following. Okay? Now, they're on a 11-day journey to the promised land. When they get to the promised land, God instructed them through Moses. And here's chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Every tribe of their fathers will you send a man; every one, a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. And all these men were heads of the children of Israel. Hallelujah! First of all, I want you two things. I want you to see from this, these verses. Number one, the reason for the mission. He says, "I'm sending you on a mission, and the mission is to search out the land." The word "search" there in the Hebrew is the word. Recon, recon reconnoitering, reconnoitering. It's where we get the word reconnaissance. Here's what it means: to inspect, observe, or survey an enemy's position or strength in order to gain information for military purposes. That's why they were sent in to get a strategy to attack. Okay. Number two, these men were leaders of the tribes, meaning they were very influential. And their spiritual authority it means they, they could move their tribes one direction or the other. All depending on what they were believing. Okay, influential. All right, verse 21. So the Bible says they went up and searched the land, all right, from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob as the men uh, come to Hamath. And the Bible says, verse 23, they came unto the brook of Eschol and down... And cut down from thence a branch With one cluster of grapes And they bare it between two upon a staff And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs Uh, Verse 25 And they returned from searching of the land After forty days And they went and and came to Moses And to Aaron And to all the congregation of the children of Israel Unto the wilderness of Paran And to Kadesh And brought back word again Say brought back word again Amen and, and unto all the congregation And showed them the fruit Hallelujah Show them the fruit Of the land So up to this point Their confessions Have affirmed What God had already sent That this would be a land Flowing with abundance Great prosperity Great provision Great blessing If you want The greater things of God that you're going to have to accept the fact There's going to be giants In that land There's going to be things that will try to stop you from attaining to God's best. You're going to have to accept that that is true in your life. How many want God's best in your life? They're going to have to be willing to fight for it. Fight the good fight of faith I'm talking about. Because there's going to be strategies set against you to stop you. Because every time God manifests His glory in your life, His his breakthroughs in your life, His answered prayers in your life, that is a witness to the world that you serve the one and only true living God. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Verse 28. So they confirm everything is true. Verse 27. And they told him, and said we came unto the land whither thou sentest and surely it flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit thereof so they have the evidence they have the confirmation everybody wants a confirmation they have it here it is everything that God said is true up to this point verse 28 nevertheless the Bible says the people be strong in that land The people be strong that dwell in the land The cities are walled and very great Moreover we saw the children of Anak there The Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites That dwell in the mountains The Canaanites that dwell by the sea And by the coast of Jordan And so what now are these men doing? They are painting an image of fear Doubt and unbelief into the minds of God's people If they would have just shut up at that point if they would have just closed their mouths at that point, if they would have just disciplined themselves at that point and just looked back for just a moment of the faithfulness of God up to that point in their life, they would have avoided what was coming in the future. How many here could agree with me that God has done some great things in your life? Raise your hand. So then why don't we embrace those things when we're going through tough times? Why don't we just hang on to those and say, God, I may be going through hell right now, but you're going to bring me through it And I'm going to have a testimony on the other side of your faithfulness. God gets no glory in your defeat. He gets no glory in divorce. He gets no glory in dissension and strife and envy and jealousy. He gets no glory when you you suffer financially. He gets no glory when you suffer physically, emotionally. No glory. He gets glory when his, His Word is manifested in your life. Everybody say amen to that. You know what's amazing about this story? is that you have two and a half million people who never saw the giants yet they chose to believe something they didn't see over the proof of what they could see of what God had promised of what they brought back and standing in the midst of them all the abundance of the provision and fruit they chose to believe something they'd never seen they chose to believe something they'd never seen This goes to show you how easy it is to take your eyes off the promise and begin to accept things in your life that God never meant for you to have. Say, God wants me blessed. He really does. And the Bible says, verse 30, Caleb stilled the people before Moses. Why? He wanted to get them refocused on the promise. And the Bible says, and he said, he spoke, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it but the men that went with him said we're not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we they brought, and they brought back the, God called this an evil report of the land which they had searched for the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it's the land eaten up, uh, the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature and there we saw the giants the sons of Anak which come From the giants, uh, of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Now, stop for a moment. When when I read that, the Lord reminded me of something. When He brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, there was one great miracle that was manifested, and, and it's actually found in Exodus 10. One of the plagues that Moses released was the plague of the locusts you remember that? The plagues of the locusts, the grass, the grasshoppers. And those little creatures literally shattered the Egypt, Egypt, uh, the economic strength of Egypt overnight. Literally, those little creatures destroyed the economic structure of Egypt overnight. And just that one thing should have been enough for Israel to hold on to the fact that if those little things, hallelujah, if those little things could destroy Egypt's economic structure overnight. How much more can we, though we seem so little, conquer those things that are standing between us and God's blessings? Can I have an amen? The devil, yeah, give God praise for that. I mean, the devil, he's always trying to get you to magnify the problem of your life over the promise of God. Always. Of course, let's go to verse 14. What happened? Chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation, once they heard this news, they they lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept wept from that uh, wept that night. All the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against Aaron. The whole congregation said unto them, What God that we have died in the Egypt, and what God we have died in this wilderness? I mean, such a critical and unthankful attitude. Verse six. So Joshua the son of Nun, Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, they rent their clothes. I mean, they ripped their clothes open. That that was a that was, uh, uh, that was significant in that they went to prayer. And here's what they said. They spoke to the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only don't rebel. Only don't rebel. Rebel not you against the Lord, neither free you the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. I mean, they want them to get back in faith. But all the congregation, I mean, they picked up stones to stone these guys. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Unthankful. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long? How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed them? God was so frustrated with these people because he had given them all the proof of what he promised, and yet they refused to believe. The Bible says in Hebrews 3.19 That unbelief had shut them out Of the the best that God had for them And that unbelief was expressed Through their confession Verse 26 And the Lord spoke unto Moses And said unto Aaron How long shall I bear with this evil congregation Remember? Evil congregation You know what an evil congregation is? In fact we'll look at it in a moment He actually addresses this with the church An evil congregation An evil person in the church Is one that refuses to believe and obey God's word It's called evil Let's finish this And uh, 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 How long shall I bear with this evil uh, Congregation which murmur Against me I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel Which they murmur against me God hears your murmurings every day Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken, there's the law of confession, working in reverse. As you have spoken in mine ears, so I will do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, and all that uh, were numbered of you, according to your whole congregation, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me, doubtless you shall not come into the land, concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, except for Caleb and Joshua. And now I just want to close this out by reading Joshua, because... Joshua writes the end of what God had promised the first generation. But they didn't get it. But the second generation did. Here's what Joshua 21 verse 43 says. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers. See, I don't want. I mean, even if my precious children or my grandchildren inherited God's best, I'd I'd still like to get up myself. Come on, everybody. I'd still like to get it myself. Amen. I don't want my children to uh, have a memory that mom and dad lived under the curse. They they just lived under the curse. I mean, they were tormented all their lives. They lived under the curse. I don't want them to have that testimony. No, my mom and dad lived under the curse. I said that with no judgment. I loved them with all my heart. But they lived under the curse Because they didn't know what we know But more importantly Is God will hold you accountable For what you're listening to today We all want to be in church That teaches the word of God But everything we learn God's going to hold us accountable for Come on everybody It it is wonderful to learn Watch this And they took possession of it And settled there the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as He swore to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed, handed all their enemies over to them. Not one of the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. Woo! That means God honored Isaiah 55. Every word that's spoken out of His mouth shall not return him void. All you've got to do is hold up to it. He'll honor His word. I said, He'll honor... Things for you are impossible, but things for God are not impossible. Can I have an amen? Not impossible. Maybe for you, but not for Him. So the children of Israel could have, the first generation could have and should have had that testimony, but didn't get it because of their unbelief. We're not able, we're able. We're able, we're not able. They were both right, but two different outcomes. Amen. Two different outcomes. I want to believe the Word of God and receive. The blessing. Can I have an Amen? I'm closing. Hebrews, one more. One more Hebrews, the third chapter, because this ties us all together. We're talking about the law of confession, how important your words are. And I know we can be very careless. Sometimes I get so frustrated at myself. I get so frustrated at times, situations that I say things I ought not to say. Oh, thank you. How many been guilty of the same thing? Amen. You say things you shouldn't say. Because they're contrary to the word of God. Amen. But look at Hebrews 3. This is the living Bible. Just a few verses and then we'll close this up. We'll wrap this all together. Therefore, dear brothers. This is the living Bible. It's on the screen. Therefore, dear brothers. Who is he talking to? Say, are you, how many are here? Brothers and sisters we have in Christ. Amen. Thank you. So therefore, dear brothers, whom God has set apart for himself. You who are chosen for heaven. I want you to think now about this Jesus who is God's messenger and the high priest of our faith. For Jesus was faithful to God who appointed him high priest, just as Moses also faithfully served in God's house. And just let me stop for a moment. I just want you to give them... I want want you to know what the ministry of the high priest was. The ministry of the high priest was... Well, I know it's more than twofold because the high priest... uh, uh, High priest is one who stands in the gap for another. So Jesus say God is on my side and he really is when you're going through hard times and you simply look to his word and you say God I'm going to trust what you said in your word that moment God is on your side and Jesus the high priest of your confession is making intercession for you and I'm telling you right uh, right now Jesus' prayers never fail he's the high priest of your confession the Bible calls him the high priest he, in, in the old testament the high priest stood in the gap he offered the blood upon the altar for the sins of Israel but this is what he did specifically two things the high priest did he he conferred the blessing and received the tithe he conferred the blessing and received the tithe that's why when you brought your tithes into the star house listen even before you brought them now those of you who didn't bring them because you choose not to believe God and obey his word this isn't for you I'm, I'm not trying to be hard but it's true uh, okay, but for you who believed God's word and you had your tithe ready, he, he conferred the blessing on you even before you gave the tithe. Come on, give him praise for that. He conferred the blessing upon you even before you brought the tithe because he saw your heart. That's what the high priest says. Let's move on. But Jesus has far more glory than Moses. Um, uh, just as a man... Um, Uh, who builds a fine house gets more praise than his house does and many people can build houses but only God made everything well, Moses did a fine job working in God's house but he was only a servant and his work was mostly to illustrate and suggest those things that would happen later on but Christ, watch this God's faithful son is in complete charge of God's house and we Christians are God's house he lives in us, watch this if We keep up our courage firm to the end and our joy and our trust in the Lord. And since Christ is so much superior, the Holy Spirit warns us. He warns us. He's going to, hey, wake up. He's warning us. He warns us to listen to Him and to be careful to hear His voice today and not let our hearts become set against Him as the people of Israel did. They steal, S-T-E-L-E-D. They would not bend and yield to God. They steeled themselves against his love and complained against him in the desert while he was testing them. Maybe you're in a test today. How are you responding? But God was patient with them 40 years, though they tried his patience sorely. He kept right on doing his mighty miracles for them to see. But God says, I was very angry with them for their hearts were always looking somewhere else instead of up to me, and they never found the paths I wanted them to follow. Then God, full of his anger against them, bound himself with the oath that he would never let them come to this place of rest. Okay, verse 12, beware. Now in the King James says, it's, King James says, take heed. The word take heed in the Greek is the word tonight Open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. Look around you. How are things going on around you? Is there chaos? Is there chaos? <laughs> Open your eyes. Optinai. That's what he's saying. Look. Then of your own hearts, dear brothers, lest you find that they too are evil and unbelieving and are leading you away from the living God. Speak to each other about these things every day while there is still time so that none of you will become hardened against God being blinded by the glamour of sin. For if, there it is, a precondition, if we are faithful to the end, the end of what? The end of every test. Every day we have opportunities to get into strife. Every day we have an opportunity to get jealous. Every day we have an opportunity for covetousness. Every day there's something going on of a test. Trusting God, just as we did when we first became Christians, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Oh. I was, um, we had a friend of ours come through town, hadn't seen him for about 10 years, and, and, uh, and we were just sharing some things about ministry and stuff, and he began to share with us about some of the ministers that have literally, completely fallen out of a relationship with God there's a pastor in fact I cried out to God on his behalf this morning as I prayed I brought his name to God this is a man of God who was I mean he was tall and he was handsome and he was anointed a good communicator he had a large church in Florida large successful church good friends of the Copelands just Just you know, in other words, he had access to the to the best you can get as far as you know, information, inspiration, uh, support. Today, he is not only out of the ministry; he left Christ and turned to Buddhism. Word of faith preacher. I mean, it's horrific. It is absolutely horrific of the things that are going on. That it grieved and saddened my heart. Of the fact that this could happen. But it is happening. You know what that did for me? It put even a greater measure of fear on the inside of my heart. Not fear in the sense of afraid. But that's part of it. But reverential fear to stay close to God. Because a great man can fail. Who am I? Can I have an amen? And I'm just so saddened in my heart. That we see things like this happening today. But the shaking is going on. You better stay extremely broken and reliable on God on a daily basis. I mean that. That's how critical it is. So I just want you to know in closing today, you're going to have giants in your life, whether you like it or not, till Jesus comes. I don't care if it's a, uh, it's a it can be, a, you know, whatever it is, a relational crisis, uh, uh, a physical crisis, it could be a, um, a financial crisis. You're going to have all sorts of things, you know, going on constantly, but God is faithful to His word. I said, God is faithful to His word, and He'll provide everything that we need in this life. I I trust God with all my heart. Yes, you know, even when we were sick, you know, I was so concerned. When especially when I was laying on my back, I couldn't even. I was in such excessive pain for days. And you're thinking, oh man, you know, I don't want to stay here. You know, I don't want to live in this place. And so we did everything we could, you know, medically, you know, to get some relief. But I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful that these bodies are subject to the anointing of God, hallelujah. That our minds are subject to the anointing of God. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of the future. I said we don't have to be afraid of the future, amen. We can trust God and serve him. And he's faithful to everything he's promised in his word. Would you borrow your heaven, I'll pray for you today. Oh, you know what I wanted to do before we go? Would you put that up there, Psalms 23? Uh, Psalms 23. Would you? I asked her to make up Psalms 23. I want every one of us. Let's stand. Let, I don't like just sitting around. Let's stand up and honor the presence of God for a moment. I know. Praise God. When we stand, we're about ready to be dismissed. Absolutely. But don't go anywhere. I want. This is a Psalm of David. The Psalm of David. If you'll study David's life. I mean the moment. The prophet poured oil on and said, All hell broke loose the moment and that was it you think Whoa, this is going to be I mean, I mean I mean after that after he drove that stone in Goliath's head I mean 13 years of tribulation and trials he went through David before God got him to the place where he was supposed to be and that is the king of Israel I'm just saying but he prevailed I said David prevailed praise God he did so in one of these times, he, he declared this, and so I want you to declare this. I want you to take ownership of this scripture. I'm going to believe that this psalm belongs to you. Raise your hand if you believe it belongs to you. It belongs to me. It belongs to you. So I want you to, I want you to read this, but I want you to read it with want, conviction. Please. For, for the sake of what's on the inside of you, God wants to honor the faith that he put in the side of you as a believer. God says in Romans 12, 3 that he's given each of us the measure of faith. So now we have an opportunity to exercise it. So whatever need you have today, I want you to exercise your faith in this. I want you to make a confession of your faith in this promise that David spoke as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go. Everybody, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not laugh. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my brimming cup runs over. Surely, say it like you mean it, surely only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. I am through the length of my days, The house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Come on, lift your hands and give him praise. God, we give you glory. That God, that word of promise has never changed from the moment it came out of David's mouth. It belongs to everyone from that moment forward. And God, we receive these promises by faith. We receive, God, victory. We we receive breakthrough. We receive healing. We receive the blessing of the Lord upon our lives god of heaven we praise you the anointing breaks every yoke hallelujah thank you god we give you praise in jesus name come on saints give him praise that he is everything that you need today he's your bread he's your water he's your peace he's your provision he's your protection he's your blessing he's he's your merciful high priest give him praise today hallelujah give him glory in the house hallelujah Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.